Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. breath of God. Grace has many expressions. And without a doubt, it has engaged in your life so many times, you have no idea. how often and how much 
your lives have been protected, guided, intervened by heaven, your jaw will drop on the floor. That is the nature of grace. And it's an itsy bitsy voice, but everybody has that. It's like a, a wave of guilt that goes through you that says, Are you really sure you want to say that or think that about that person? That's, that's grace in action. That's grace that comes in and says, That's how grace operates in your life. It saves you from doing something harsh and dark and gives you an option to do something good and light in its place. Grace is the breath of God. Hello, everyone. Welcome to America Meditating Radio. That was our wonderful friend and kindred sister, Carolyn Mace on Grace. Wonderful meditation. Grace is the breath of God. This feeling that, you know, it's entirely up to you to decide how you want to feel and how you wish your journey to evolve. It's not somebody else's duty. Other people will come around to help us, no doubt, But at the end of the day, I am in charge of the way I want to think, the words I need to speak, the choices I need to make. And there are countless stories out there in the world today that reveal that the human potential and capacity to pull yourself up, to heal yourself up, is only a thought away. And in a time of COVID where there's so many individuals who are in hospitals, who feel isolated, who might be in an environment of fear, even with the doctors and the nurses, feel that powerful in your environment. But you have to believe it. My guest today is a return guest, and for many, Dr. Bernie Siegel actually needs no introduction. He's a retired pediatric and general surgeon who has touched the lives all over the planet. And in 1978, He actually reached a national and international audience when he began talking about patient empowerment and the choice to live fully, but also to die in peace. As a physician who has cared for and counseled innumerable people whose mortality has been threatened by illness, he embraces a philosophy of living and dying that stands at the forefront of the medical ethics and spiritual issues our society grapples with, especially today. But now, in 2011, Dr. Siegel was honored by the Watkins Review of London, England, as one of the top 20 spiritually influential living people on the planet. And I love that part, living people on the planet. He continues to break new ground in the field of healing, supporting changes in medical education to humanize medical practice. I can go on and on and on. The enormous amount of work that he's done, it's unlimited. But what I really want to do is for us to have this time together, but he's joined by his oldest grandson, Charlie Siegel, 
who is a spiritual fiction author and poet, as well as a fine art nature photographer. His lifelong study of the martial arts is another facet of his spiritual practice. He's also going to be joining us on the show today. Hello, my dear brothers. Good morning. Welcome. Hello, hello. I'm glad to have both of you. Yes. Well, you're having a good day when we both show up. (laughs) Because we're two spiritual people. I really like your lecture. And he said, but of course, you have to understand it's because I agree with you. So I think we'll have a good day today. The no coincidences. This morning, think about this, everybody listening. What can I pray for for you? My mother-in-law, in her 90s, Uh was having a very troubled day in a nursing home. And I wanted to help her. So I said, what can I pray for for you? And I thought she'd say, a nurse, dry underwear, (laughs) you know, something practical. I was trying to help her. And then she was just transformed from this restless, uncomfortable person. A look came over her face, and she turned to me and said, world peace. And that blew me away. She's in her 90s, all kinds of troubles. I want to pray for her and world peace. How is she doing now? Well, she died a few years ago. This was in my book, 365 Prescriptions for the Soul, because every day since it was published, I read a message for that day. And that's why I don't think today was a coincidence, because we're going to be with you and just that yeah. kind of response in a spiritual yes. way. And one other, just so people know, once I get started, I never stop telling stories, so don't hesitate to No, that's to okay. I know. I know. I know. I'm <laughs> used to you. One more, <laughs> then I'll stop. And that was a woman okay. with a cancer of the pancreas. You could feel it in her belly when you examined her. And she finally said, look, I'm just going to go home enough and let it happen. I don't mind dying. I'm just going to go home and enjoy the last few months of my life. Many months later, my partner yelled, hey, Bernie, come in here. And I went in, and there she was on the examining table. And he said, you'll get a kick out of this. It's kind of your stuff, what you're doing. And I said to her, tell them what you did. He said, her tumor's gone. You can't feel anything anymore. And she said, you know. I said, I may know, but why don't you tell them? And she said, oh, I went home, and I left my troubles to God. And her cancer disappeared. You know, I wish we could all be that strong, you know, Bernie, but sometimes we're just not believing in ourselves as much. I want to go to Charlie because I want us to have a wonderful chit-chat. Charlie, what's it like having a granddad (laughs) who's so cool? (laughs) I'm really glad we get to share in this project together. We've been sharing our work for years back and forth, and at, like talking about what interests us and what we're thinking of at the time and we poetry and we would share them back and forth and over time we just started to see how much of our work syncs up as if we were having a conversation while writing totally separately uh, when you realize how perfect everything is just sort of happened and came together as a natural accumulation of our work it's great being able to have that with them i mean just that that's the title of our book when you realize how perfect realize everything how perfect is. Realize how Because I was just about yeah. to ask, were you two not together when you were writing the book, but yet when you came together, it just fit perfectly? It, yeah, let me share that, wow. Tony, because Please. I was writing another book that's coming out called No Endings, Only Beginnings, 
spiritual about a lot of things Hay House is putting it out. And was sharing some things with Charlie, and I was just amazed at where he is in his life in terms of spirituality, the poetry. He's also into photography. I mean, he's just a spiritual human being. So I was using him to help me write. And then I learned about all his poetry from things he's done, like making a calendar with his beautiful poems on them Mm -hmm. each month. And I sent him some of my poetry that I had written years ago, and boom. It's like two people, the Mm. same essence, the same spirit in us. But why I want to compliment him is a lot of that happened for me because of the pain of being a surgeon. Mm. You know, I mean, there are many people out there who say, why did God make a world with all these troubles? And I had to find my faith in my Lord and really work at it. And he is about a third the age I am. (laughs) So how did he get here so fast? That's the part. Bernie, isn't it because he's an older soul? I mean, you and I know about soul and energy. Yeah. And when you're a new soul, you just want to go out, drink Corona beer, and party until you fall over all the time. Sometimes it's okay, but all the time. But then there are those who are seeking deeper truths, to find Mm -hmm. the meaning as to why they exist. And those are the ones who I would say they've been here, they've done so much, and now they're on the return journey to love. And they're looking to get back to that essence of themselves. And that's Charlie. That sounds like Charlie. Yeah. I've had experiences of past lives, and I think it's something that's in all of us, whatever you label it, soul, spirit, consciousness, but it affects us. And the two of us are interested in art. He's into photography. I started painting portraits. That's beautiful. And, yeah, yeah, I've been wanting to paint and play the piano. Charlie, I was looking on your website, Nature Photo BYSC, right? The picture fair. And there is a picture on the site. It looks like Japanese bamboos, it looks a little bit like ashes. I don't know what it is, but it's fascinating. And there's like an image of a gurgoyle or a dragon. Do you know which one I'm talking about on your website? What is that? Last summer in August, I got to go to Japan. I'm a martial artist, and my teacher took 12 of us with him to Japan for training, and I did photography while we were there, too. And that some of the Buddhist temples in Japan, they have dragons that are guardians and protectors of Buddha and of the whole message of Buddhism and that that picture you're talking about it was actually leaves on a willow tree that were blowing in the wind over this dragon carving so I set up my camera and I was doing fast shutter photography to get the movement of the willow tree branches with the stillness of the carving behind it absolutely fascinating I mean and again you know being in Japan you can get some awesome images Dr. Siegel, I want to go back to you, and I want to ask you something that I'm sure you've had countless conversations over the last month or two. You're seeing what's going on in the world. This global pandemic is huge, and Mm -hmm. it's got a lot of people thinking. There's some people that are afraid. There's some people that are anxious. There's some people that are angry. There's some people that are just settling in, and they find that it's a great opportunity to find their light, so to speak. But I would love for you to share what your thoughts are about what's really going on and what is our lesson that you think our humanity needs to learn. Well, it's interesting you ask because, and you can call me Mm -hmm. Bernie, 
But my first reaction was to write a letter to the editor of our newspaper about the benefits of the coronavirus. One, it reduced the number of people on our overpopulated planet. Number two, which is already in the papers now, it's going to improve the air pollution because people now not getting in their cars and driving everywhere. And you've seen, I'm sure, some of the reports recently how amazing it is, how clean the air is. And third is the policy that they put out. Stay home. Stay in your home. And it's important that people realize the earth is our home. And we need to stay here. We're in the same family of man to get along with each other and to take care of our home. If we were all living in the same building, you might get annoyed, as people do with my neighbors. They make too much noise. They make, you know, smells, et cetera, et cetera. That's what the earth is about. We need to stop fighting with our neighbors and say, let's all be at home and take care of our home and all the people living here because we're one family. And I think that's the message that really comes from it. And the other that I had to learn a long time ago was basically that what God is telling us is that a perfect world isn't creation. It's a magic trick. I mean, we'd go nuts if everything were perfect. Then there'd be no meaning in our lives. I'm not thrilled we have all these diseases and suffering, et cetera, et cetera. But we need to say, what am I to learn from this experience? When you learn that we're here to help one another, then and meaning maybe we comes can change in. our ways. Yeah, and we can change yeah. our ways because there's a reason why we're in this particular area. Charlie, what are your thoughts? What are you learning from, you know, being a millennial and growing with a dad that's very wise and you coming into the story of life with your own innate wisdom and you're looking at the world the way that it was before corona and during corona? What are your thoughts that are emerging when you're quiet or when you're walking and moving around, what's happening inside of you? What do you think this all means? I was actually going to carry on from what Grandpa Bernie was saying about that the perfect Mm -hmm. world is not creation. That's really the message of the title of our book. Our book goes through a whole conversation about life with seven different sections for different life topics. But when we look at all those different healing messages that are in there and we look at kind of an over-the-top message It's that when you realize how perfect everything is, you'll tilt your head back and laugh at the sky because there's a lot of imperfection. But our message with it is that that's what's perfect about life, that when you look at how you overcome those challenges and hardships and look at, like, what you learn from it and the message you get out of it, it can be, like, so you look back and see that that was really the most perfect thing because it made you stronger or, or any lesson that you would gain from it to become the more evolved person that you'd want to be. So that I was going to continue that with what he was saying. But looking around at at everything that's happening now, I think it would help people to have a lot more peace. A lot of times that's them going within to look for that, and people can take that time at home as a time when they can get more in touch with themselves, like meditating or just like being at peace in their home space that they're not pressured to go run and get on with life and to the next thing out of the house. 
So when he was talking about the earth as your home, you can remember yourself as your home too. So going more right. inside yourself, but time to be more you than you were before. Right. Yeah, we need to realize our own body is our home. And one of the things, this is what always disappoints me about people, a thousand years ago, Maimonides said, if people took as good care of themselves as they do their animals, they'd suffer fewer illnesses. Yes. And that's why how we bring up our children, it's sad yes. what goes on. And volunteers, by the way, suffer fewer illnesses. So again, what people have to realize is when you're acting out of love and helping someone else, your body responds to that because it knows you're enjoying life and, in a sense, being God's right arm and doing things that our Creator would love you to do. And it changes your immune function. It lowers stress hormone levels and so forth. But when you're saying, oh, this virus, oh, I can't go out, oh, what am I going to do, oh, oh, yeah, you're more likely to get sick if you're exposed to it because of the lack of immune response in your body due to the fear. And just the mental emotional state, when it's being attacked with fear and doubt and negativity, it's Mm -hmm. going to make you feel weak. How has your relationship with each other influenced both your lives? Well, I was just impressed. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how else to say it, that, as I said, at his age, all the wisdom that was coming from him And I have to say that we agreed with each other, which was such a gift that we're sharing the same spirituality, interests, beliefs. And when you find that kind of support and the love that's Mm -hmm. in the words as well as the actions, it just makes life much more enjoyable, stops being work. Because it's not somebody saying to you, oh, that's crazy, I can't believe that. Even when the stories that I've already told you, people can say, oh, that couldn't be. And yet when I can talk to Charlie, I don't have to worry about him not accepting. You see, even if he can't explain what I'm talking about and I can't explain some of his experiences, we accept them as real. What about you, Charlie? He's definitely an inspiration for me in in one way in his accomplishments, but his accomplishments are centered on helping other people and helping people on a global scale. So that's definitely an inspiration for me and and my work and the direction I'm headed in in life to be able to help such a wide audience to grow and, and be the best they can be. And I grew up really in my mom's store a lot of the time. She started Wisdom of the Ages when I was three years old. I was homeschooled and I got to do a lot of my work, a little space in the back of the store and she teaches meditation and spiritual development classes. I would be like a little kid doing Legos, listening to her teaching all these advanced spiritual concepts. Now I get to manage the store with her and sit in the classes with her and help teach some of them. So that sort of growing up immersed in that spirituality, I've become like a creation of that, all that feeling and being around helping people. So then I see the path that Grandpa Bernie's taken it on and that helps me to see I want to continue with my writing and my photography, see the way that that's kind of my own facet of it, of the spiritual practice, but the way that that can reach people like he has is really cool. Yeah, and I can say that my parents did the same thing that Charlie's parents did for him. Wow. 
And that's what we all need to realize, that they are, in a sense, I hope, will be coaches. I keep thinking of all these people. It's hard for me not to use a quote. My mother's words were eating away at me and maybe gave me cancer. She told me <laughs> I was a failure and embarrassed her and dressed me in dark clothes so nobody would see me. I mean, she really? had to get a life-threatening illness to start living. Now, Charlie and I didn't grow up with that kind of message. We grew up with spiritual messages about life, that God was redirecting you when something bad happened. It wasn't terrible. Something good will come of this, I used to hear. And I have always have to say as a child, I wasn't thrilled when I would go to my parents and look for help, and they would tell me, God is redirecting you. Something good will come of this. Hey, Ma, I'm looking for help. <laughs> but literally, I would sit on my bed and talk to God. God, my mother's no help. Can you give me a hand here? And it just changed who I was. So tell me what's your interpretation of God. When you pray oh, to God or easy. remember God, what do you see or what do you feel? I define what God is made of as loving, intelligent, conscious energy. Because you need those things to create what God has created. There's love in it. You have to be smart. How are you going to make an eye if you don't have intelligence? Consciousness, that you're aware, you're thinking, and that is immortal. I mean, it goes on and on. And the energy, what you're using to create with. Because, again, as a physician, surgeon, it's amazing what God has created. And that's my definition of God. It's not a person sitting somewhere thinking about things. It's all those elements that go into creation. And I even ask questions, you know, like, why is the sky blue? Anybody ever stop and think about that? Why are leaves green? Everything has meaning. And I've done a lot of work with, well, Charlie, as I say, is into photography. I'm into painting and drawing and working with patients and drawings that they do. The colors mean something. Purple, a spiritual color. What is it made up of? The blue of heaven, the red of emotion and passion. So there's meaning in every color, in numbers even. And Jung talked about a lot of this. For instance, numbers have quantity and meaning. So everything begins to give us a message. And when you're aware of this, it helps you to understand creation. What's your interpretation of God? Is it different than Grandpa? Um, so I would say kind of along the same lines, but like we've used different words, which it's cool that that's like a lot of what our poetry is like. My mom raised me a lot of times around our Native American friends, and we go to powwows and get things that are Native American made for the store and spend time with them. And there's a ideology in a lot of Native American tradition of all my relations, that everything around you in life is part of your relations. And then that great family is connected with God, or in their case, a lot of times they'd say great spirit and it's same kind of God message. And it's the idea that there's a piece of God inside every one of us. That's that mm-hmm. light that's inside us. So when I go to say look for God or talk to God sometimes I'm going out in nature and looking at those beautiful intricacies and the connection between everything and for me that part of my photography is that connecting and honoring everything that's part of God 
but you think you can also go inside yourself and remember you're a piece of that great web of everything. So for me, a lot of times praying is looking up and talking to a God that's greater than you, but it's also going within and touching that piece inside, remembering you're a piece of that. For me, that's like a lot of why someone is here, to be that piece and to spread that piece. Beautiful. Like you're a piece of God, like the P-I-E-C-E, but you're also peace, like P-E-A-C-E. Yeah. Let me add something, because I often will say to people, especially, again, whether it's cancer or coronavirus, your life is threatened, to get them to find their spiritual selves and their meaning, that they're God's child. So I'll say to them, when you get to heaven, there's an admission line. Because I love saying that I'm on the board of directors of heaven and I can go to meetings there and I see things happening. But you're on the admission line. You get to the head of the line. They say, you're next. How do you want to be introduced to God? And to everybody listening to this, think about it. What would you say? Oh, I'm a doctor. I've written books. Come back when you know who you are. What gets you in is to say, tell God his child is here or tell God God is here. You know, that we're part of creation. We're part of God. There's no separation. Or tell God his right arm is here. It doesn't matter. But keep yourself connected to God and understand that you are a part of creation and God and that you are worth something. Do you feel like the world has kind of forgotten this energy of God and maybe this is why we're in such a position now that we have nowhere to run, nowhere to hide? And one of the places now we can spend more time is is inward and maybe upward. I love a story called The Next Voice You Hear by Edward Albee. I know it may be back in the 1940s it came out, a little short story. God talks to everyone on earth at the same time. Now, everybody thinks at first it's a joke, but then they realized it's in every language at the same moment all over the planet. So nobody else but God could do something like that. And God is frustrated with how people are behaving and what they're doing. And we need to let that message come in. He even says there are too many religions. I agree in the sense that when we argue over our religions, I'm better than you, my God is better than your God, uh, we're killing each other because we don't have the right God. And that's what gets to be so nuts. But you see, on the same side, God said, but if I didn't give you free will, again, it wouldn't have any meaning. So I have to give you choice. And we need to start to imitate God. Let's put it that way. You know, you can say to yourself, because I often said to people, when you don't know what to do, say, what would Lassie do? But you can say to yourself, what would God do? Right, Um, exactly and see that your choices become life-enhancing rather than, you know, we have to kill those people over there. They don't have the right God. Uh, It just gets so nuts. Why does it make sense to folks like us that there's an opportunity here to live more in harmony and peace using the love of the divine to move us and navigate us through times that are challenging, that we could do it with peace and we could do it with love. Why is it that some folks just don't get that, Bernie and Charlie? They didn't grow up with that love. One of the studies showed of Harvard students 
they were asked while at college, did your parents love you? And anybody listening to this, think what your answer is. Those who said, yes, my parents loved me, by middle age, about 25% had suffered a major illness. Those who said, no, my parents didn't love me, 98% had suffered a major illness. And that's something we can all do. We can become gods to other people. Now, how do you do that? I learned it from my patients. Because one of them said to me, you're my CD. I said, what are you talking about? I'm a CD. You're my chosen dad. (laughs) I realized that when I gave people love, it saved their lives. And I mean that. I've had phone calls from people saying, I'm going to commit suicide. I wanted to tell you. I mean, Mm -hmm. thank God I have a sense of humor. Imagine getting a phone call from a policeman, because I was the police surgeon in New Haven, Connecticut. And I pick up the phone. Yes? What is it, Jimmy? I'm going to commit suicide. I thought, what the hell can I say? If he's calling me for sympathy, oh, you poor man, you're wonderful, lovely, don't do that. That's what he wants to hear before he dies. So I said to him with my sick, crazy sense of humor, Jimmy, if you commit suicide, I'll never talk to you again. And I hung (laughs) up the phone. (laughs) And that was it. In about 15 minutes, I hear this loud noise in the waiting room of the office. And Jimmy is crashing through, screaming, you idiot, you uncaring. (laughs) I thought he was going to pick me up and throw me out the office window. But when he came in, screaming at me, I said, Jimmy, did you notice something? What? You're not dead. And yeah, then there he you looked go. at me like, oh, you wise ass. And he busted oh, out laughing. Oh, you got him. And we you became lifetime friends. Yeah. And oh. that's the part that when you can let somebody know you love them, at times it isn't, oh, you're the person with the worst disease and the worst spouse and the worst kids and the worst job and... It goes on and on and on. But again, lottery winners, five years after they win, 95% of them say, it's the worst thing that ever happened to me. Because they don't know what to do with the money, so they get into arguments and fights with the family and everything else. But as my father said to me, that material things are to make the world better for everyone. Because he had a rough childhood without a father who had died of tuberculosis. And he had a heart. So he was always helping others, and it passed on into my genes, too. People ask for help. It's hard to not help them, you know? Of course, of course. I agree. Charlie, I was just going to come to a close, but please share what was on your mind. Oh, yeah. I was going to answer that question you had also. You were discussing the people and that kind of feeling just need a hug sometimes, and maybe now it's Mm -hmm. more of an emotional hug than a physical one right now. But I'm looking at it like when... He was saying, like, maybe they didn't grow up with that love, and if they didn't grow up with it, it's not too late. They might need to work at it in some people's cases more, but they might just need to be shown or shared that love somehow. And if it's okay, I would read one of my short poems from the book that's actually on that that same feeling. In the book, the first line of the poem is talking about a naysayer, and for me that's like, you know, somebody who's just speaking negatively and, like, maybe they're putting down what somebody else feels or wants to do just because like, they don't have that connection inside at, at the moment. So it's easy to get upset or, or angry at that person. But the easiest thing isn't always right. So, you know, like have your emotions and work through that. But then the, this poem that I put together is about like that next step and how to respond to it. 
It's, it's called Grow to Be Like the Trees. And it says, What is the voice of a naysayer to one who will choose to be a tree? The voices of twittering birds do not bring down the strength of a mighty oak. Its branches reach and stretch, making houses among them for the birds to rest. And so who am I to be upset by the naysayers and to call their callous remarks hateful? I'm to be the tree and welcome them to take a rest and feel the love I've known. And let me give another one from Charlie that's on that calendar I mentioned that I love, and I keep it in front of me on my desk. My candle burns, not to dispel the darkness, but to put forth the light. And that's what we've written for, to bring forth the light, to help people find answers. Because we've been there too. I mean, I covered exactly. up a lot of pain in my life. My portrait of myself, Charlie has seen it, is in a surgical outfit. If I brought you in the house, you wouldn't know that's a painting of me. I mean, you'd say, why would you do something that crazy? You're painting portraits right. of your family. You're not hiding them. But what I was hiding was the pain of life. And wow. that's part of what we've come to learn, how to deal with and turn it into a labor pain. I love that term. Indeed. from patients Indeed. I've had. Yeah, so now I know you can't go on the book tour because of the lockdown, but are you planning on doing a tour after all of this? Or are you doing online programs? Any activities are coming up that you'd like to share? We've been doing a lot of interviews, podcasts and things like that, and we were talking about doing some like book signing events and he could do a lecture and at some local places in Connecticut once people are allowed to gather together again more, but We've been busy doing interviews and stuff to want to share that message. Yeah, I do a lot of phone-in meetings. If people go to my website, Bernie Siegel, S-I-E-G-E-L, BernieSiegelMD.com, they can learn about some of those and just phone in, and then we chat. And I'm starting more support groups that way because I'll tell you, you know, I've had books come out the last 30 or more years, And it was crazy traveling all over the country to go speaking in different places. But what it taught me, that's another point I had to wake up and learn. I've been in every state, not to mention a lot of foreign countries, and how different the people are depending on where they're living. That's why when you say at home, if your home is the middle of Texas or Montana, you know each other or upstate Maine. They're caring for each other because there isn't all kinds of people around, like in New York or Chicago, let's say, big cities where something happens, you make a phone call and go get help. Indeed. So they care about each other. And I may add, the survival rate for cancer is better in Montana than it is in New York City. And you'd say, why? Why is that? Because... People you know are taking care of you. In New York, wow. it's you're a New Yorker, you should be able to handle all this. But that's not the way to treat people. We need to Indeed. treat people, not diseases. Yeah, treat the soul. Right. You know, you guys have been such a treat to have, and I'd love to have you back on and to get an update and all the amazing, wonderful sharings that you're doing. But thank you all so much for joining us today. And I really hope you guys are keeping yourself safe and sound and powered up. Thank you. And for people to realize, I 
had to do with the past life. Let me just say, I'm a surgeon because I killed with a sword in a past life. And when I was seeking help for all that emotion that I had learned, because when somebody said to me, why are you living this life? I went into a trance. This was not from therapy, and I saw this. And I said, well, my Lord asked me to kill the neighbor's daughter. And he said, Bernie, do you hear what you said? What do you mean? My Lord. I said, yeah, it's the Lord of the castle. No, Bernie, it's your Lord. That turned my life around because I worked on my faith, who my Lord was, because I questioned why Abraham didn't argue with God when he's asked to sacrifice his child. I have questioned why Jesus didn't jump off the cross to impress everybody with what he was capable of. When you have faith, and that's what we all need to find, is faith in the right Lord. Not in material things, but in spiritual. Beautiful. Charlie, you have any final words to share? I'm grateful for you having us on. I'm glad whenever we get to share in this conversation and get to to pass along messages that we've been lucky and and grateful to gather up along the way. And I wanted to recommend to people to look us up online. Our our book is When You Realize How Perfect Everything Is, is available now on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and pretty much anywhere. And also through my mom's stores, wisdomoftheages.biz, B-I-Z. You can get it directly through me the store that way and like he was saying he has berniesiegelmd.com and then we're both on social media look up charlie siegel author photographer on facebook and photography by sc is my photography company and we'll be putting up like upcoming projects about our interviews and stuff on there too Perfect. and people well are said. enjoying our book so mm, i, I can they recommend are. it to people yeah and then you I can write your will. own poetry too and keep your own <laughs> that journal start today Right. I got you. Brothers, thank you so much. All the very best and to be continued, huh? Thank you. (laughs) Take good care. What a wonderful energy, huh? Grandfather and grandson and doing stuff to change the world. Charlie Siegel and his grandfather, the Dr. Bernie Siegel, both authored the book, When You Realize How Perfect Everything Is. Just feel that title on your own. When you realize how perfect everything is. So for more information, go to berniesiegelmd.com or you can see some of Charlie's beautiful artwork at naturephotobyscbisc.pickfair.com. Just come on to America Meditating and you'll be able to get all the information as well. I hope you're doing well and safe. And as Dr. Bernie Siegel shared, keep your mind up. Get it out of the gutter. You're going to be fine. The soul is immortal. The body is the home. It's just that you need to live well while you're in it. And that requires the quality of your thinking. Okay? All right. So as we end the show every day, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we really are here to love each other the same. And my request is that we pause every hour on the hour for a moment of peace and send those good vibrations, good feelings to souls around the world, to our families, to our own body, so that we can really pass through this particular time emotionally, mentally, and spiritually empowered. Here is Sunrise by Bliss. 
Take care, everyone. Lots of love. Be well.
I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.